Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Mel Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. That's a four. You know what? These are new dice, too. So, you know, not a great first show. I'll give you that. You have to warm them up first. Is the oh, thing. I guess. Did you, did you do yeah. that? Like you blow on them? You no. Roll them it was well. a cold out of bag. Oh, yeah. You can't do that. All right. Next time I'll stick it in my shirt and try to warm them up a little bit and <laughs> see if that helps. 20s all around. Try complimenting them. I'm going to stick it in my shirt now. And then in 10 minutes, somebody remind me to try rolling again just to see. We'll just run an experiment. <laughs> Just a little koozie for it, like mm-hmm. a little baby Bjorn, <laughs> right next to my heart. Just to really get that love energy in there. That's it. Your dice need to know that you love them, that they are loved. Everybody go get your dice right now. Got them. Give each of them a kiss, tuck them in <laughs> for a story about a tribunal. A bottle episode, if you will. Yeah, can we uh, can we real quick at the, at the top just give a shout out to Justin for being his own number one fan that he did his own recap. Absolutely, <laughs> he did it beautifully. I respect that. I am guessing that Travis got his recap from Justin's recap. <laughs> oh, for Gary. Sorry, yes, excuse me. I bet Gary got his mm. recap from <laughs> Justin's recap. I feel like even the way he did it, Justin sounded like he was very proud to know. Like he had just re-listened the other day. <laughs> he knew what was happening. He was very excited to let everybody know he knew what was happening. It is yeah. like, yeah, when the teacher calls and you're like, I got this I got shit. This. You're so like, listen up, Here I friends go. and colleagues and neighbors. And mm-hmm. hooded figures in the front, hooded figures in the back. <laughs> you know, like a classroom. <laughs> exactly like a classroom. So I like to imagine they were all walking around with the hoods down, like in cute cloaks and like having fun little like jokes mm-hmm. as they were putting all the boys in their chairs. And that's how Fitzroy knows. Maj, Marie, and the Commodore are up the front of this tribunal. And that Jackal, Sabor, Dakota, Crabtree, and Ramos are bringing it up in the back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they put their hoods back on, so the other boys, when they wake up, they don't know. They don't know who this could be. Voices, what's that? <laughs> Who's that giant, giant person? Who's that beautiful Goliath? Mmm, who could it be? Who could it be now? Surprise, you've been brought here for a game of Guess Who? <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately for them, since Fitz was awake, not only does he know who's there, but he is like ready to come out swinging. He's been watching a lot of fantasy law and order, I think. Yes. Maybe. Or like, uh, what was that? Frank- fantasy Franklin and Bash, maybe. Would be more of his, his jam. <laughs> Who was watching Franklin and Bash? Fitz Ray Maple. Well, nobody it. anymore, probably, but <laughs> I don't think it's on anymore. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if it was actually in its, like, 13th season? We're like, oh, my oh God. shit, way to go, you guys. <laughs> way to go, Zach Morris. I knew. Proud of you. So he's definitely been watching some Franklin and Bash <laughs> come swinging right out the gate with an objection. This mm-hmm. is where they explain what a tribunal is versus a trial. <laughs> they're pretty close to the same thing, but it does kind of sound like they're just going to end up taking, like, a quiz in a magazine. We'll ask you some questions, and then we'll tally up your points and see if you can join our secret club or not. It's kind of a parent-teacher meeting, except their parents aren't there. It's just the teachers being like, here's the things that we think you're not doing well. Now prove mm. that you know math. <laughs> Well, and like any good quiz or student teacher meeting, I guess. First question, why don't you tell us about yourself? 
This is definitely an interview. Right? I'm like, what? This tribunal is off to a very weird start. Where do you see yourselves in five years? What kind of kitchen utensil would you be? If you were a sandwich, what kind of food is your friend? (laughs) We have to know all of these things. Why are you so loud? Derek, will you please tell us about yourself? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Derek, you are truly too much... Okay, so Argo starts us off, and, you know, he's saying he was excited to be asked to join this group. He felt honored to be a part of thing that his mom was a part of, and he likes what they stood for. And, by the way, he did the thing they asked him to do. You wanted info on Fitzroy? I got it for you. In fact, he's right here. And then Fitz kind of just comes, again, swinging right out the gate, unhoods Sabor, unhoods everybody. It's like, listen, <laughs> right, I know. Out. I know what's up. Don't even play games. Let's put, as as they have been doing and have been known to do, putting all the cards on the table. Oh, you guys. Even the yeah. ones that they had, like, tucked into their sleeves to use later, they're like, oh, and I had this one, too. Oh, like, just don't, so don't ever forget. <laughs> yeah. This is one I was going to use to cheat, but, like, let's just, let's all be honest here. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of honesty in this room. God, Maybe this... not necessarily good honesty. Although Fitz also gets like halfway to a theme song when he's talking about himself. <laughs> he says that he's a super powered, super cool knight in training, and I'm like, this is totally like the big bad Beetleborgs like theme oh, song love it. moment for him. Yeah, he's here trying to fight evil and look cute. It's what he's about. You can throw that in the song. That's true. I will say this about him suddenly naming names of who's in this room. I would have really liked it if there was some way that we could have seen kind of what how the others perceived this. Like if because mm-hmm. that this could be like a show of his powers that they didn't know. You know what I mean? Like that could have actually yeah. been something really creepy to them. Yeah. Hmm. Do you think it might have been an accident? Oh, that he named either Fitzroy. Yeah. Oh, I think so for sure. Like, I think yeah, he, just he wasn't kind of thinking. forgot. He and or Griffin kind of forgot that. Yeah, like, I'm oh, guessing I Griffin. Well, Griffin laughed, yeah. so yeah, I think he <laughs> forgot. <laughs> I think it works though. Like, I, I it's also um, it fits well with with Fitz's tack, sort of like this whole episode that he's aggressive is not quite what the word I'm looking for. Like. He wants to be dominant, I think, yes. in this situation, mm-hmm. even though he's not. Ooh, yeah. He's in a position of vulnerability and yeah. is trying to, like, wrest some control in this situation. Yeah. And, I mean, I think that, you know, he's he's tried to do that in the past in other situations and, yeah. you know, mixed results, I guess. But but I, I think that that fits with his personality. Even if it was a mistake, it still makes sense. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And then we've got the Furbolg who... He's here. He's here. He's here. That's it. <laughs> And he doesn't need to endear himself to the tribunal because he's already the dearest of characters. I mean, everybody already mm. likes this guy. They're like, oh, we know what the fear book's about. Like, they already have his coin ready. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, like, Tiffany-style gift box. They're like, oh my god, I just, I really wanted to make it special for him. <laughs> Although he also has a really good point that maybe he shouldn't be joining a secret organization. So it's probably just as well that Jackal steps in and is kind of like, you know, well, maybe let's let's go in a different yeah. direction with this where you sort of justify each other rather than yourselves because the fear bulb, I mean, I think, you know, not not necessarily just in a bad way, but because of his sort of selflessness, maybe right. he's what never is- going to be his own best advocate. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly that. Like you're going to get more out of him. If he has to defend his friends, then you probably will if he has to speak up for himself. Mm-hmm. This whole tribunal is so ridiculous. 
<laughs> Again, it's just a lot of like, I don't know, let's learn more about you. Um, but this <laughs> moment also kind of like it reminds me of on competition shows when then you have to start talking about your fellow competitors. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> like that's what I get a lot of like, will you please tell the panel of judges what you think about the queen to your right? And so right. then it's like, Argo, will you please tell us about Fearbolg? See, and I took it as like some sleepover scenario. Ooh. Where that's kind of the game. Or like maybe a group bonding activity where mm. like tell the best things about the person on your right. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like and, we're a yeah. good friend. Exactly. Yeah. And honestly, what a terrifying ordeal. I would I would hate <laughs> this. I would my anxiety would be through the roof Some... about what they would say about me. Mm-hmm. And then because then I can't turn around and say it about that person. Mm, you have that to come just up with gave your me own. the compliment. I have to then go to the other person next uh. to me because normally it's a back and forth. And that like, you, know, kinda... you said this. I have to match that energy. Now, oh God, energies are chaotic. Like who who knows what's coming out of who and how it's going. I don't know. I didn't like it. We're learning a lot about <laughs> Brittany right now. But this is the thing that would kind of needle at you. Don't ever make me bond with my coworkers. It's not going to go well. So if anybody wanted to kidnap us all and put us on a tribunal, <laughs> we know who the weak link of this podcast group is. Yeah, I was going, going to, to say, let me just connect some other guests to this Skype call. <laughs> Surprise. Well, you know who else is not great about this? Argo tried to defend the fear book <laughs> oh, and say boy. how honest he is and how he can't lie and <laughs> doesn't know the meaning of subterfuge. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> to a secret organization that's all about lies and subterfuge. It's just again, it's like the sweetest thing. And then he's oh like, wait, let me start over. It's like, no. <laughs> he is fundamentally just the worst rogue. And I mean that in like the it, best way possible. The he's way. terrible at being a rogue. Mm-hmm. Which is so great. That's where he calls it out later and you're like, Yeah, that's it's it's always that same energy. It's like, You're great, we love you. You're really bad at this, my darling. <laughs> Which is fun. I do think it's fun to have a character who is just kind of bad at their basic job mm-hmm. because of who they are intrinsically. Like yes. yeah. Yeah. Like the gentle barbarian, you know, like something yes. like that. Yeah, I think I think when you when you have that kind of contrast, it makes it more interesting. Because I mean, I, you know, it's it's easy for playing a rogue, I think, to become kind of an excuse to be a bad person who does bad things and yeah. say, well, you know, they're rogue. So, you know, but it but it, there's kind of more to it than that. It's more complicated mm-hmm. to, like, create a person with with more inner life than that. And okay. as, even though, like, we kind of get this secondhand, like, no, Argo, what are you doing? <laughs> It's still, I think it's worth it. It is. And it's so Argo. Like, mm-hmm. for as honest and loyal that he's saying the Fearable is, I think he is too, but in ways that he wouldn't necessarily recognize immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, because even joining this group, it was, well, one, to be closer to his mom, mm-hmm. but also because it sounded like, like they were serving some sort of greater purpose. Mm-hmm. Well, and fundamentally, like if they, if the, if what this group values is people who are good at subterfuge and good at lying and yeah. who have no integrity, they don't want anything to do with them because they're going to be terrible allies. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's where it does bring back in that the actual purpose of this group seemed to be we do the things that need to be done and we don't necessarily need attention for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's where the subterfuge comes in. Right. But it's still very fortunate he got a good persuasion role. Oh, <laughs> true. 
<laughs> it's good to see some roles coming into this game for sure. And for this group, mm-hmm. I'm try. I was trying to remember how Jackal phrased it that like we're not the good guys, true, mm-hmm. but we do what's right. Yeah, yeah it was that kind like of that. the thing. And so that's where I feel like that's where the Furbolg would come in. Like he could be yeah. kind of that touchstone of like this is the right thing to do. That's a very mm-hmm. good point because for him, the right thing was to hoard berries. And like hoard, but like store. That's what he was doing. He wasn't keeping them from anybody. He was saving them for when they needed to be done because that was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Was it the good thing to do according to the clan he was in? No, but he did it anyway. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, Argo bringing that up was kind of like that would make, again, they're like over there shining the coin. They've already (laughs) accepted the furball. They're like, shh, put it down. He's going to see it. Stop it. Well, and then hopefully that might maybe help out Fitzroy a little bit because they ask Fearball then to speak on him. And he, Mm -hmm. in true Fearball fashion, he speaks to him being a great leader. (laughs) He's results oriented. The Fearball apparently in accounting class has been reading some stuff about like employee evaluations or something along those lines. He's picked up on some other vocab. I want to say accounting like 202 is like business management. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. And this is where he's really now getting a new appreciation of Fitzroy. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, this would also be me. Like, if I had to do this, having never done one of those kinds of evaluations that I would have, like, slammed a Medium article, like, five minutes beforehand <laughs> and picked up five <laughs> words that were written down on my hand. Mm-hmm. And in true Furbolg honesty, he says, you know, sometimes his spells don't go his way, to <laughs> yeah. which Fitz gives the most adorable little sheepish, like, uh, yeah, like... <laughs> Oh, well. And I imagine him just kind of, like, kicking at the ground, like, well, shucks, you know? Kind of leans into his shoulder. Mm -hmm. And even that is then framed as he pushes through hardships. He's able to continue on. Yeah, I like the the fear bulk saying, you know, couching it in, but we all struggle. I thought that Mm -hmm. that was was very mature of him. It was a really lovely sentiment. Thank you, fear bulk. Mm -hmm. And now... (laughs) And then we get my favorite read of the three of these, which is... (laughs) Fitz, will you please tell us about Argo? And <laughs> first, he's an old Southern lawyer, which, of course. Oh, my God. The best. I love that he started, stopped, Justin called him on it, and then he went with it. I love that Justin called him a coward. Like, <laughs> Yeah. He barely you hesitated, though. Like, as soon as, soon as he'd uh, been yeah. called a coward, it was the real, like, back to the future chicken moment of, oh, like, no, yep. now you have to commit to the voice. Now you have to. So, one, I really love imagining Fitzroy putting on this accent mm-hmm. and kind of blustering around in front of everybody. So, like we were saying just a bit ago, this is Fitzroy reading Argo's ineptitude as a rogue. But because he's... Not necessarily built to be the most deceptive, underhanded person, which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. And and he spins it. I mean, he manages to make this like, I don't know, I think maybe Fitz is a better rogue. Well, that's what's so interesting. (laughs) Because he he turns this into, you know, well, the reason that he's bad at being a rogue is because partially because he has no malice towards anybody, but that he should because he's been betrayed and like really kind of going right at the Commodore Uh, in a way that would probably go over the head of the other people in the room that they wouldn't notice that that was why it was so targeted. Yes. Mm -hmm. That little mask slip of the Commodore, mm, loved. Mm, 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 mm. And you know, he like is looking him straight in the eye as he's making this entire statement and he notices they make direct eye contact as this happens and Fitzroy just keeps going because then he goes on to talk up Argo you know and Mm -hmm. this whole idea I love of the knight is the villain and the rogue is his reluctant accomplice Mm -hmm. 
And that it should be flipped. Right. Like, ideally, or what one would assume, given this group, given this motley crew, that we would have, yeah, the rogue kind of being the head of the villainous tribe. Right. And these two being mostly the unwilling accomplices. Yes. And it's like, but yeah, no, turn it around. Make no assumptions here. It's the slow burn fic made in heaven. You love <laughs> to see it. Where you're we like, wait, the knight is the one who's kind of calling the shots in this villain group? All right. It's pretty much my favorite trope. <laughs> it's that, like, great. Oh, love it. Well, and then he continues even on bringing up the fact that like, well, one, let's never forget the fact that you now know that we've brought up the fact that we're fighting a demon war and we're still messing with this stuff first. So that seems odd that you wouldn't immediately want to help us he does call that out Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then he wraps it up by casually tossing it out there that if you touch argo keen i will murder all of us you touch a hair (laughs) on his pretty blue head there will be a reckoning you guys this is romance it's romance of the highest regard in fic world in any case so goddamn romantic this is is some radical honesty i would say some radical romance that's it yes everyone everyone's leading so hard into the honesty, it's bonkers to me that, like, no one even, like, has a thought to, like, maybe lie a little bit. Maybe just a touch. But no. Well, and this is how I picture it in the film. So in the film, it's mm-hmm. as Fitzroy speaking, you know, he gets caught up. He's on a roll. He's seeing this reaction he gets from the Commodore. He's going to just keep going and keep talking. And then it's towards that end that he realizes, oh, I've kind of been rambling. And that's he's, when he... he's let out more than he, like, he really was trying to hold a couple cards. Right. A little close to the chest. And then before he even realized it, yeah, he's like, my whole hand is out. My whole hand is out. And, you know, I just threatened to kill everybody in this room. And I will just wrap this up very quickly by saying my friend is a good guy. And sit down. <laughs> LOL, bye. <laughs> that's what I meant to say from the start. Anyway, bye. <laughs> that's in the film. I love it. <laughs> He's very fortunate that he upped his charisma like right before this, and that he got Ooh, yes, such a good role just too. Say, very, very smart of him to be like, oh, I very subtly cast. Oh, he was uh, on enhanceability. it. He was on it. It was a very smart. good move. I'm glad you brought that up. And so then there's probably like a weird, awkward silence for a second. And Fearbog again, he loves these boys so much. He's like, "Don't worry, if it's right, I will speak." So. So we don't have to dwell here for much longer because then he's he kind of comes right out and says, hey, I'm going to talk for myself again and bring up once again. I can't lie, but I can be silent, which I really liked. Yeah, I think him offering his silence is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Like in terms of how how committed he is to this succeeding, because I mean, from his standpoint, like, I don't know, maybe it'd be better if they just erased his memory because then he doesn't have to deal with the possibility of having to lie. He doesn't have to be involved with things that they're doing that he might disagree with or that go fundamentally against his beliefs. But, you know, by saying you can have my silence, that's a big a big thing for him to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm interested to see what they end up artificing for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that Marie's response is like, (laughs) well, now she kind of shows her her hand and is like, Fearbulg, you were always in so you're in from the start we've already asked crabtree to start making something for you it's like we wanted you before we wanted argo jack was just all about it i don't know if they give him some kind of like magic ring that allows him to lie i I feel like he might wind up you know just walking around the school telling people that he just did a sick ollie or something like you know i mean he might go too far the other direction and then people are going to become suspicious of that fair i was going to ask how is this bad but you know what (laughs) 
before you even had to ask, you answered it. <laughs> then she does also turn after basically like giving the furbolg his coin and like a medal and a, a piece cup of, of coffee yeah. and, and candy. Yeah, and mm-hmm. just anything. Like, what else do you want? She then turns her gaze to Fitz <laughs> and is basically like, you, however, <laughs> are out of control. Get out of this house. You are an unruly magic time bomb just waiting to go off. And immediately I loved the fearful being like, I just said he's the bad boy of magic. <laughs> I want to share for myself. And you know the fearful can't lie. You know that's true. <laughs> no, that's true. Like airbrushed with rhinestones that says bad boy of magic. Bad is boy it a crop magic. top? Of course it is. Always a crop top. <laughs> <laughs> but, and then we finally get some kind of subterfuge, mm-hmm. some oh, lying finally. where Fitz turns it around and says, no, you know, I actually, you know, yes, it was unfortunate, but I did mean to do it. Yes. Like, I was angry and I wanted to show my skill. So, yeah, I put my fellow classmates and professors in danger, but who wouldn't in that kind of situation? <laughs> I do appreciate how quickly Griffin was like... Okay, she's coming for his inability to control his powers. I'll make something up. I'll insist mm-hmm. that it was totally I meant to do that. Which is, you know, mm-hmm. that's what you do. You fake it till you make it. I applaud yep. this effort. However, yeah. the Commodore ain't having it. Ugh. Yeah, he did super rip a guy's hand off. So. <laughs> Fitzroy, I'm looking back at your docket. You did rip a man's <laughs> hand off. I love, though, the camaraderie of, of Argo being like, well, I started it. <laughs> it was a like, team effort. I tried effort. to cut it off. Which that's where then it, this does feel like another sort of ruling on a competition show. This is the episode where they all had to work in teams. And it's like, yes, Ar- Argo <laughs> also did bad, but you're the team leader, Fitzroy. So you have to take the brunt of this. And not only with the hand tearing off, like, that's Oof. it. It's not like, yeah, we're going <laughs> to bring down a hammer, or, you know, like bring down the, the very sharp knife yeah. and take it off. He pulled it off. I just can't. Anytime it's I try to think strength. of it, I'm like, it's I can't. a bit much. Like, I will, I will, yes, I will give them that. That That is a lot. It's a lot. Um, well, and then also having two clans or tribes of centaurs essentially cowered right. by his magic. So what Marie had brought up was his control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what the Commodore is bringing up is his restraint. True. And I yeah. don't think they're quite the same thing. That's, That's a good fair. Point. Yeah. I mean, because control is just sort of like, is he biologically able to contain this magic? And restraint is, is he willing to? Ooh, exactly. Yes, exactly that. So I did. I like that kind of pointing out that, okay, yeah, you say you can control it, but can you restrain it? True. And Fitz turning around with, I think I'm showing quite a bit of restraint Ugh. right now. Like, Ooh, yeah, girl. I mean, Ugh. threatening people was an interesting, an interesting choice. Like, I mean, I mean if, if they're sort of calling you out on, hey, you've been threatening everybody. And you're like, yeah, I'm threatening every I'm threatening everyone in this room right now. But he hasn't done anything. <laughs> right. I mean, listen, I know it's not ideal, but I really dig this moment. Like this, like, I'm going to step up to you. The Fitz is very tilted by the Commodore. And I love that it's just radiating even before Griffin says it specifically later. That mm-hmm. you can feel it. You can tell. These two are kind of really squaring off with each other. Yeah. And I loved what he said about you use the tools you've got. And like, <laughs> it's almost calling out the Commodore without directly doing it yet. Mm-hmm. So anyway, will anybody speak on behalf of these boys? <laughs> now that you've made a total ass of yourself, it's right. Is this a tribunal? Like, <laughs> I don't. So listen, I've never first, been first in a you tribunal. Talk about, nor have I. I've never been kicked off an island. I've never. Same. I've only won my episodes of Survivor that I was on. <laughs> But it, 
is it really like, okay, first introduce yourself. <laughs> now <laughs> have your best friend tell you the best things about Probably you. Probably not. Will anyone from the studio audience come yeah, up? Yeah, somebody who's <laughs> been in a part of a tribunal right at us. Let us know. This is more like a tribunal, but if it was like at summer camp, maybe. It's True. kind of the lower stakes. Than- <laughs> <laughs> it is a Camp Good Friend Tribunal. <laughs> But yeah, they do, they bring it up to now, essentially, they all are staff. It helps, yeah, that mm-hmm. it's people who at least know these boys and can have some sort of insight on them and how they work and are trusted members of this clan, this mm-hmm. this secret organization. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we start with Jackal, of who course. who essentially got him into this whole mess mm-hmm. by bringing Argo in. Uh, and we find out that, did we know before that Mosh was brought in by Jackal? I don't think that so. That they are the best friends? I think it they're was best sort club? of implied, but I don't think that they explicitly stated it. Mm-hmm. Loved learning that little fact. Uh-huh. And so, of course, Jackal's, you know, like, I brought him in because of Shabri, and he's a good guy. Everyone's just, he's just a real good guy. Oh, he's and a good guy. And we'll stake his, his membership on Argo's belonging mm-hmm. to this group. Which is a big deal, because also mm-hmm. at this point, we had already discussed the fact that, like, Jackal is a senior member and would normally be sitting on the presiding, the, uh-huh. the judges panel, essentially, but he's so close. <laughs> he feels so strongly about Argo that he stepped back because he was like, this is going to affect how the, tri- how, how the right. tribunal runs. But now he can speak up for him. So I liked learning the fact that Jackal does have a lot of sway here. And yeah, brought in Mosh, who was the senior most member after him, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like Jackal was really, really close to Argo's mother yeah just from context because otherwise it's like you sort of know this kid but you don't know him do you know him well enough to kind of risk everything for him which is basically what you're doing and it seems like whatever his past was with shabri it must have been a lot you know for him to be this dedicated we brought it up before it sounds like this bird is in love with shabri it does yeah i think maybe there was i think maybe there was more going on there than friendship yeah a work romance Mm. wink it's what this tribunal's all about, as everybody... It, it is! Everyone smiles, like, everybody Jackal smiles, smiles at, at Maj, he <laughs> smiles at Argo, the furball smiles. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the movie in my mind. Mm-hmm. Smile, smile, like, it goes from Jackal smiling at yes. Maj, and Maj smiling at uh, Argo... And then Argo's smiling at the furbolg, and the furbolg's smiling, and then it pans over to Fitz, who's just still staring daggers at the Commodore. Like, I like the idea of everybody, like, surrounded by, like, shoujo manga bubbles, and then That's you cut exactly to how I'm com- it. the Commodore <laughs> and Fitz, who are just, like, glaring daggers with, like, a lightning bolt right. in the background, and all black. Say, the lightning yes. bolts, like, yeah, the lines. Absolutely <laughs> it. Head. That's it. I-, I was especially entertained by, like, we-, we briefly mentioned earlier, that Griffin says that he's surprised by how how much he hates the Commodore. Like, he's yeah. this fictional character who's just, he just really has it in for this guy now. Oh, he's in it. I like to imagine, of course, because, hi, have you met me? I'm like, obviously it started with Argo being like, hey, I hate this guy. And my whole goal is getting to him and taking him down. So all- already Fitz was like, all right, by proxy, I don't like this guy. And now upon meeting him and hearing him and having to be in this tribunal being judged by him, he's like, oh, forget <laughs> it. I am all in. I hate this guy too. Me too. We all hate this guy. You know, I will say through this entire, entire tribunal, I kept wanting to be like, I, I want to still leave some, leave a bit of a platform in case 
we are all jumping to conclusions about the Commodore. I really, really <laughs> did. Because to me, I think it's way more interesting if we don't automatically know a character's just, quote, evil from the start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? I kept yeah, putting out I know hope. exactly what you mean. Regardless, Sabor, oh, he's going to speak up for the Fearbulg. Everybody wanted to, and Sabor got there first somehow. They were like... <laughs> Surprisingly, yeah, with how slowly he speaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's mostly like kind of not necessarily stuff about this Fearbulg in particular, but kind of Fearbulgs in general. But, you know, yeah. I mean, you, you got to go with what you know. So, of course. you know, this tack of saying like they're all very restrained and that he knew that... that the Fearbulg would not be operating except for the good of the many, which aligns with their goals, even if the secrecy right. doesn't. Right. Also, Fearbulg are loyal and cute, and I think they would just be a good asset to have on our team. <laughs> also, look at that face. Oh, look at him. Everybody's like, oh my god, can we get some two coins? <laughs> <laughs> I sort of like the idea that um, the Fearbulg knows where like all the good berries and stuff are, because if you've ever oh. seen a tortoise when you offer it like a lettuce leaf, like they, they are into that <laughs> oh they love that crunchy green goodness they love it so i like the idea that uh the fear has been like bringing him snacks while he's doing research Aww. this tracks it totally does i buy this this is definitely in the film and now will anyone will, will anyone speak for this night in absentia of the realm of good castle <laughs> anyone at all anyone anyone I do love that Fitzroy tries to be like, oh, hell yeah, Crabtree will. And she's like, Crabtree. I know. Crabtree. Crabtree and Dakota like had pulled their Dakota. hoods down when they were outed. And now they've got them up and they're just kind of <laughs> like, like, I don't, like oh, there's a here. piece of fuzz on my robe um, that I'm very interested in right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Fitz. He's very lucky that it occurred to Argo that he could officially speak as a member and invite him. Girl, I loved this. Wasn't this our plan? To just all have them invite each other. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it might have been. I thought we came up with this last time. I was like, well, he's got a coin. He can give it to the- you. I think we did talk right? about that, yeah. This mm-hmm. sounds like something we would say. Which, yeah, they, they jump on board. Yeah. Coins on coins. Seems too easy, but also, apparently, the unbroken <laughs> chain, very into the way things should be done, and they can't argue with this. Because yeah. they don't. They don't say anything about, like, yeah, you gotta wait a month. Like, mm, let's, you got a trial period. There was no, no terms of service you had to click through before you got this mm-hmm. coin. <laughs> but despite that, what I really did like about everything Argo had to say, one, great use on being like, well, technically, I'm a member, so I'll speak up for my boy very cute Brittany. he was also living your your fear of being like wait no Fitzroy just said some really nice stuff about me i i gotta speak up for him too that's it yep and he gets his moment here and i really appreciated that you know he threw in there that if you are gonna wipe our memories then one make sure you get rid of all of it because we don't need you if you're not gonna help us Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. also two please at least look into the thing that we said if we're not around to further convince you maybe you can come to the conclusion on your own that you should be helping us out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this was a fairly ballsy tactic on his part yeah. to be like, I'm going to just come for you in this moment and say, this is not the thing that you should be concerned about. And right. if you're not worried about the war, we don't need you anyway. And we don't want yes. you involved. Yeah. 
And I think that helps show how serious he is. Yeah, this is not about being a part of the cool kid club. This is about yeah. saving the world, yeah. essentially. So if you're not going to help us, then do a good job and wipe all the memories about you guys. Because we don't even want any kind of recollection that you could have helped and you didn't. Yes. But then also, yeah, if you do that, still look into this because it's we're not joking here. Right. Mm-hmm. It just shakes them. They're like, yeah, give us your coin back. <laughs> All right, enough of that manhandling. (laughs) Yeah, and we see then when the tribunal does speak, it certainly helped the passion. And all of them helped so much because, okay, listen. Yes, Argo, you get to stay. We were already prepared to let you stay. Fearbulg, again, we were planning to invite you anyway. Here's your here's your welcome sweatshirt. Feel free to cut off the bottom. Crop top. Exactly. Okay. bottom as you are wont to do they hand him the sweatshirt and argo's like i'll trim it for you and fear like thank you (laughs) (laughs) they hold it up and he just swipes it with his uh oh his sword yeah i'm trying to remember what he named it florence it's like perfect the thought of him being in this tribunal and they hadn't taken their weapons away is hilarious to me so it absolutely stays in (laughs) so of course those two yes in fitzroy though we were going to kick you out and wipe your memories, but obviously your friends love you so much. We can't break up this cute team. <laughs> I love that both Mosh and Marie are like, well, I mean, the power of friendship. Right? <laughs> it is truly magic. I, I saw a Tyra Banks moment of like, there are three beautiful boys standing before me. There's <laughs> exactly. only one coin in my hand. <laughs> but what's this? <laughs> like three coins. Sleight of hand. Oh, Jackal was the one handing them out. <laughs> It just rains coins. Everyone's so excited. (laughs) You're all members of the Unbroken Chain. This is the moment in Ace Attorney. Uh, There would be a cheering crowd out of nowhere and confetti everywhere. All the confetti. And in the words of Gary, suck it. (laughs) The mental mental image of them, like them celebrating this and Argo's in the background just like cackling and then the fear poke just shouts suck it is <laughs> so good i don't know what i expected like uh, for their reaction but i didn't either this was not it i will say at this moment i was you know i was surprised at how kind of easy it seemed mm. for them to get into the unbroken chain the fact that Argo immediately is like oh you could invite gary like <laughs> Let's, They're let's like, wait a minute, can we in? revisit the fact that Argo is a part of this team? Yeah. Oh, terrible idea. So <laughs> I don't know if we want to talk about this now or later, mm-hmm. but I have a question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you think, like, was there ever a possibility that they were going to mess up and have their memories erased, right? And then, like, I... the whole Unbroken Chain would have been, like, a story door that was closed, at least for the moment. Or was this kind of just a foregone conclusion? See, I think that possibility would have been really cool. Mm. I hope that Travis had plans for that to potentially mm-hmm. be the case. You know, because they did their some roles. They had to do some checks in this. The boys yeah. had to use yeah. some magic to help them out. But it was it wasn't too difficult to get all three of them in. But I think it would have been really cool if it had been a little harder or like mm-hmm. the stakes had felt a little bit higher. Yeah, right. That's fair. I mean, I think it's like, it's probably a spectrum, right? I mean, there was probably, there were some other iterations of what could have gone down here. Like, I don't know, like, maybe they don't get accepted. But they're like, well, we're we're going to take Argo. um, But we won't take, we have to erase the Fearbulg and Fitz's memories or 
which would we're really only we're only going to only Fitz will not know that this is a thing yeah. or uh, none of you will know. But Jackal will break with the unbroken chain and like Ooh. subtly start feeding them information or something oh, like that. Like there were this. definitely there was a spectrum of other possibilities, probably. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I assume that the the way the mechanic was set up that they just kind of got lucky. Honestly, I mean, there was some buffing and stuff, but that they happened to get good roles on their persuasion. Yeah, it so, could be as simple as that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could be that. Also, I think because we don't know how long this series is, right? Or this, uh, this arc. I don't know what we want to call it. Arc campaign. Uh campaign. Thank Perfect. you. Gosh, I should know these words. Ah, D and D queen. Oh, I lost my crown. Um, but. <laughs> I think if it had been intended to be much longer, yeah, mm. more like balance, I think that's where it could have been a lot more challenging and yeah. the stakes would have been higher. Oh, that's fair. Where we could kind of bring things in and come back to it because how fun is that? Yeah. Of course. Like we love when we love there's it. a character you meet and you don't see again until much later and ah, oh, they come in at the 11th hour and mm-hmm. you're like, yes. this is the best. I don't think we have the longevity for that. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, and I thought that it was possible that they were going to go like full ace attorney and you know i mean because they have had in in um certainly in balance there were a couple of times where they introduced a new mechanic for some specific story need and i and i before this episode aired do we call it airing Mm -hmm. (laughs) before it was released it did cross my mind to wonder like are they gonna do like a full court case with a with a slightly different mechanic or something you know something stripped down like a mini game yeah that would function like like that but but i think you're probably right that in terms of the length of the campaign that Mm could have gotten so bogged down and it could have gotten really mm-hmm. boring if they had, you know, because you don't want to spend three episodes on this, right? Oh, sorry. And it might be hard to do that if if you had um, if you had tried to turn it into its own thing rather than sure. something that needed to happen for the story. And there were possible consequences, but that you know you weren't necessarily setting them up to fail, right? right. This is where it is that fine line of like, we are playing a game, but we're also putting on a show. Yeah. Yeah. That's always the thing you have to consider. But I do think it would have been really neat if, uh, totally. (laughs) If we had to, uh, (laughs) get a little bit, uh, clever with how it played out from here and who knows what and what we do to try to bring everybody back into the fold. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure because I have been playing so much Ace Attorney lately that my expectations for this fierce courtroom battle were totally in another castle. But I really like your thought, Anne, of the the potential for its own mini game tribunal challenge. You were expecting to spend a couple of hours at least on the price of Swiss rolls from exactly. from this campaign, and I think because I've been watching you play, I think that might have been part of part of it with me too. <laughs> and I was like, oh, suddenly we're an ace. No, wait, no, no, that's a different thing. <laughs> we were fully prepared. We showed up in our suits. We had our little prosecutor and defense attorney badges. We were ready to roll. We still got there. Griffin gave us a shout out to that at the beginning. It's true. So. He did bring that that ace attorney energy. You love to see. Appreciate mm-hmm. it very much. And Fitz is bringing it too because they don't celebrate for that long before he's like, okay, time to just have a quick sidebar with Argo and see if it's yes. time to go after the Commodore now. I Listen, this was insane. <laughs> I do love, again... This very clear affection these boys all have for each other that he's mm-hmm. like, Argo, I'm not going to do this without you and without your blessing. And I need you backing me up. And Fearbulg, your emotional support means a lot <laughs> in what we're about to do. And then Argo being like, hell yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to back you up. It's all mm-hmm. very romantic. Mm-hmm. You guys. And they did already have pizza. Now, do you think it's the um, triangle pieces or the square pieces? I am. I imagine triangle for sure. 
Well, I mean, you got to have like at least three large pizzas for that many mm-hmm. people, though, right? I mean, you know, if I mean, everybody eats two to three slices. Sure. So the advantage of the square is that then, well, technically <laughs> rectangle, you know, then you can have a bunch of smaller pieces and you feel like you've eaten more. I mean, more. it's the same amount of pizza. <laughs> it is the same <laughs> amount of pizza, but it feels like more pizza. <laughs> You you can kind of snack on it when they're little squares. I have. I mean, you can also cut them into skinny pieces. True. But then doesn't no not everybody gets crust. And to be fair, some people don't like crust. Okay, I can see your point now. <laughs> and just listen, I've not seen a square cut pizza since I left Ohio. I just suddenly every time there was a social gathering, there was square cut pizza. So that's where I was like, Donatos. wait a minute, exactly. Shout out. And here's a top tip for anybody who does have Donatos. It's even better the second day. I love. <laughs> A cold Donato's pizza. <laughs> and I like those weird little triangle pieces in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> With the crust. See, you're the mm-hmm. crust person. I am. I am. This has been our pizza podcast. Pizza cast. <laughs> pizza cast. <laughs> That'll be our, our poll. <laughs> what kind of pizza are you ordering for your get together? Oh, now I'm real hungry, you guys. Oh, me too. <laughs> Let's all get pizza after this. First, mm. you guys. First, let's get some shit done. We are getting some shit yeah. done. This felt like the moment in the Ten Dual Commandments. I wrote down how many people died because the Commodore was malicious and ruinous. Okay, so we're doing this. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, the energy is suddenly like, okay, we've gone from party time to, you know, just electricity in this room. Because, Girl. I mean, d- again, Jackal... Oh, he he definitely had some kind of thing for Shabri. Oh like maybe God. they were uh-huh. really, really, really close friends because I don't want to just assume that it was romantic. Sure. But it sure seems like it could have been if he's this intense about it. Yeah. Right. Uh, can we take just a moment mm-hmm. and just Shabri's theme is the prettiest thing. Oh, my God. It's gorgeous. I've mm-hmm. ever heard. I would let it sing me to sad sleep every <laughs> night. Do you think that's what Jackal was singing? Oh, maybe. well, maybe the song exists in the real world. I just got chills. <laughs> oh, oh. But it is like it's literally been playing in my head the whole time we've been recording. Oh, love it's it. all I can like. It's all I can think about. We need this LP. <laughs> I do. When's it gonna drop? Bandcamp. Let's go, boys. Please. It is so lovely, and this entire moment just evokes this sense of vulnerability on behalf of Argo when he talks about, you know, getting vengeance for his mom had been his one reason for carrying on essentially Mm -hmm. and the addendum to that is that now he does have a lot more going for him yeah and we know that two of those reasons are his boys here in this room with him Mm -hmm. and it's very sweet and it's very gd romantic yeah he clearly was at a point where he just sort of thought that he had lost everything that mattered or was ever going to matter and that that was why he was willing to do something as kind of self-destructive as focus on just trying to kill somebody like knowing that the consequences were going to be pretty dire too um Mm -hmm. and that that pivot this is a this is very brief in this episode but it's a pretty major character moment for him to confirm like oh no i actually do have things in my life that matter to me again yeah it's so Mm -hmm. sweet but it is in so doing so that yes he is formally accusing commodore of being directly responsible, I think, for the death yeah. of another member. Yes. Of Shabri. Mm-hmm. And they back them up really quickly, right? Because, I mean, Ramos stops the Commodore from immediately going after Argo as soon Oof, as they say yes. this. Mm-hmm. And Mosh makes him take Fitz's chair. So, like, they are taking this seriously and they are not going to let him hurt these kids. 
like yeah. just off the bat. Because, I mean, it seems like they would have more loyalty to the senior member than they would to these people they've sort of just met and kind of were persuaded to let join their organization. Right. These infants, yeah. these absolute toddlers that have just weaseled their way in. <laughs> the sweet summer babes. You know what I think helps in this moment, though, is the fact that Jackal was the one who officially yes. called the tribunal. Yes, for sure. Argo accused and Jackal so enraged. Again, because he's got something very close, very strong feelings in some fashion for Shabri in his calling out the Commodore and officially starting this tribunal. Then everybody was like, all right, serious business. Let's do this. They all put their hoods back on. Everybody (laughs) crams the last piece of pizza that they were (laughs) finishes chewing, puts that hood back up. Tucks an extra like in the hood for later. (laughs) The boys all have hoods. But they're connected to their crop top. So it's the boys like, just put their crop top hoods up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we could add the picture that Anne put. Oh, yeah, we have to share crop top it. with the hood. Like that's the new unbroken chain. It says it down the arms, unbroken chain on each of the arms. Oh my god. Yes, Anne found the new perfect crop top for the unbroken chain. We will share it on Twitter. There's a good chance a lot of you have seen it, but just in case. Oh, hi, Derek. I think Derek is reminding us that in the middle of all of this chaos, of course, the Fearbulg <laughs> is the one who notices that there's a spectral uh, cat in the room. Of course, he's the one who notices. And luckily, he has the ability to communicate with this little cat, which I think is very funny and I think would have to speak to uh, the only proper term for it, the chaos of the room, everything going on around, that nobody's mm-hmm. really paying much attention to the fact that this giant fear bug is looking and focusing elsewhere. He's talking to a cat that probably no none of the rest of them can even quite see because they do, True. Uh, Travis mentions, this sort of phasing in and out. So he's just over there making like little chirpy purry sounds. Right. Mm-hmm. This is that's ex- okay. So this is again the movie in my mind. Mm-hmm. We have this very serious tribunal, like yes. these very powerful people <laughs> in the front of the room. Like you need to sit down. You know, Jackal's losing his mind. Ramos is like blocking. Like all of this is happening, and then in the background you just see the fear bulb. <laughs> Be like, I need some jerky. Meowing and chirping at this cat. It's like, what is happening? For some reason, I'm hearing the Wii Shop music. Like, that they just cut. It's like really dramatic music, and then they cut away, and that's what's playing in the background. <laughs> I like to think in the moment, it's so hurried and hustled that Argo is like, oh, okay, and tears it. It just doesn't even think, why does his friend suddenly demand not too much fish jerky? And just said he might kill a cat. He's like, I can't focus on that right now, but here you go. Right, there's a lot going on right now. What well, I think wasn't it established way earlier that he does always kind of have some fish jerky on him does have fish Mm -hmm. jerky which i loved the fear bug remembering Mm -hmm. good Good friends job everybody so proud of all of you so the second tribunal starts essentially with yes fear bug off doing his own thing talking (laughs) to this cat who hasn't given us so much yet but for now the focus goes back to what the commodore knows and this accusation that argo has made and mosh has taken over which is appropriate because it would have been kind of weird if they had the commodore run his own tribunal (laughs) and obviously like jackal was too close and it yeah. wasn't going to work. Right. Still very close. Jackal constantly having to recuse himself. It's very close for him. His feelings are big out there. He's got a lot of mm-hmm. emotions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the Commodore, of course, says that he has no part in what happened to Shabri. And this is where we do finally have somebody ask Argo, what proof do you have mm-hmm. of what happened that he was 
responsible for this. And I do like his reasoning. This is this is some Ace Attorney reasoning in that he's like, if the only person who knew where Shabria was going to be was the Commodore, then how would ambushers yeah. know where she was going to mm-hmm. be? Yeah, I mean, because the Commodore's kind of trying to spin it as like, well, you know, it's the open sea and stuff happens. But in the course of that, they're all calling it an ambush. It's not an yeah. ambush unless it was planned. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and I would argue, yeah, it's the open sea. Have you seen it? It's real big. It's very mm-hmm. big. Like, to be coincidentally in the same space, mm-hmm. I feel is pretty... Hmm. It seems yeah. questionable, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's... This is the kind of stuff... And again, now this is me playing too much Ace Attorney. Maybe not even... <laughs> not a thing. Impossible. I want more information. I want to know where she was going. I want mm. to know what she was doing. I want to know what this mission mm-hmm. was. Like, mm-hmm. I want all of those facts all the time. Yeah, yeah. But they don't really ask for any of that. So I think this is just another moment where I wanted more. Because mm-hmm. when they ask for further proof from Argo, he doesn't have it. Yeah, I mean, he initially tries really hard to just kind of justify because because the Commodore yeah. is sort of like, well, why would I have done that? And, sure. you know, I, I would say that from my standpoint, the idea of a successful man being threatened by a competent woman seems pretty believable. For sure. <laughs> I laugh because crying is sad on a podcast. There you go. <laughs> but so then Argo kind of spins a web that Shabri had a letter that right. kind of spelled out everything that the Commodore had done and, again, his malicious intent and whatnot. And this is where it's really kind of perfect mm-hmm. because he doesn't have a letter. No. Oh, no. He doesn't have anything. But earlier, we had put out there so much that he's such an honest person and he doesn't lie. Yeah. There you go. That now it's like, his well, bluff. of course carry some weight mm-hmm. uh-huh where if we hadn't established all that before people would have been like oh he's a rogue he's lying yeah. right but now it's like he's a rogue but he's argo like argo doesn't lie Argo's yeah. a bad rogue he's not one for <laughs> lying and deceit and subterfuge yeah and it certainly helps him that jackal backs him up like mm-hmm. figures out what the that gambit is and, yeah and yeah and backs him <laughs> up <laughs> That's where the bluff goes into full-blown lie. But this is the perfect strategy to use against the Commodore, right? Because the one thing that they were told about Gray, I think, is also true about the Commodore, that he makes mistakes when he's angry. So mm. they, they really Good tick call. him off. And he so the Commodore, like, it clearly gets under his skin because he starts selling, like, of course there's no letter, this doesn't exist. And then he even gets to the point where he says that the whole demon war is probably a lie, which seems that's like true. that's going to be relatively easy to, to, to disprove at some point that... That of That's course it's true because the letter seems feasible, but the Commodore saying everything that they've said to you is untrue. That's a lot harder to defend as a standpoint. Right. Especially after establishing they are all just paradigms of honesty. Mm-hmm. Except mm-hmm. for Fitzroy. Mm-hmm. Look at these faces. And of course, yes, this reiterates the sway that Jackal has within this group as well. And that like we established that Argo tends to tell the truth. And now we have Jackal backing him up. Mm-hmm. For sure, we have to at least try to detain this guy. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. What's he got in his hand? I like to think it is just a regular vial of ink that he panicked and pulled out of his pill <laughs> and acted like it was something that was going to kill everybody. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. it doesn't seem like a great thing. That, so was he just carrying around like a breakable glass vial full of either an explosive or like poison magic smoke or something? I mean, like what if somebody like bumps it. into you in the hallway and it's like, well, it's <laughs> curtains for everybody in this room. Uh, we found four dead people in this hallway. We do not know what happened. This guy's got a stain on his shirt, though. That seems weird. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> 
Again, I think I think he might have also been pulling out a bluff. Yeah. Who's telling the truth? No one in this room. Hell no. Maybe the fear bog. Well, there. Maybe that cat. Probably not. <laughs> but then we've got Fitz coming in. Our sweet, capable boy. Oh my gosh, you guys. I love D&D. <laughs> I need to find a group before winter gets here. It's coming in with the whole, can the Commodore cast a wisdom saving throw? And I'm like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. My favorite thing. When shit's going down and the wizard's like, I'm going to do this thing. You're like, please Uh-oh, and thank right. you. Yeah. <laughs> so cast hold person classic move because yeah and it gives you one round it's like six seconds six That's seconds enough. is plenty mm-hmm. yeah plenty of time gives a chance for uh if ramos it w- w- who was gonna hold him ramos and crabtree uh yeah sounds right so. but uh, six seconds unfortunately is apparently how long it takes to summon a, de- a demon prince to your aid <laughs> that's that's pretty quick Shoot. right like it, well, he could just be doing DoorDash or something and making a killing. <laughs> and maybe that's his side gig. We don't know. We'll have to hopefully put him on tribunal. Let's find out more <laughs> about you, Gray. But yeah, the the Commodore utters something. Gray shows up. And that's essentially the end of the episode. So here's mm-hmm. what I do want to say. Because like you just said, that's very quick for Gray to have shown up. Mm-hmm. And you know, I love to sow my own seeds of like possible doubt of possible things. So we didn't get much out of this cat. Mm-hmm. Right. But here's what I'm thinking. I'm like, there's a good chance that, yes, somehow Gray was just that quick on the uptake. The Commodore summoned him. These two are in it together. Fine. Yeah. Now with this cat, I'm wondering if its presence is a tool that will allow for Higgy Fresh to show up next time in case this starts breaking bad. Hmm. Oh. You know what I mean? Like if uh-huh. he's kind of getting like a read on what's happening in this room. But also I think it would be cool if somehow the cat was the reason Gray knew to show up. Hmm. Just yeah. saying. I had wondered if maybe it was like a warning that they didn't quite catch of like the, the early demon prince detection system of the cat showing <laughs> up. I don't know. The cat did have a little message on his collar, and he kicked it off before he got into the room. So ah. they didn't see it. Higglemas had written very quickly, Gray is on his way. Be cool. They didn't get that note. <laughs> That's my guess. It's a pretty good guess. Thanks. Yeah, I don't know. I, of course, my last note is like, we never went back to the cat. Yeah. Why would you bring a cat <laughs> into the mix? Very much Justin's reaction was like, I have no beef with this cat. You brought it here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Why is the cat here? We don't know. Because you don't you don't mention things without them having to come into play at some point or yeah. them being a tool to use later. And this is a Chekhov's kitty at this point. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so what 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 was the purpose of that kitty? We've had Chekhov's cookie. Still waiting on that one. <laughs> now we have Chekhov's kitty. Put it in your gear. So I really hope either it comes back next time or that is my question for the Adventure Zone Zone with fuck with the cat. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there are quite a few questions lingering immediately in the air. Like, is there going to be a giant fight in this tribunal room? What does this room usually look like when it's not holding tribunals? Is there still pizza left over? These are all (laughs) questions I can't wait to find out in the next one. Next time on the Adventure Zone. (laughs) Graduation! <laughs> That's exactly how it graduation. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, is there anything that we oh forgot God. to mention that we would like to bring up now? Uh, I don't think so. The only thing I had was that Clint jumping in with 
his character voice from his radio show, oh Jackie Crabtree, really startled me. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting, but I did kind of jump. I mean, not like, you know, I was not uh, damaged you in any way, but I was very surprised. <laughs> did not uh, expect that voice. <laughs> I mean, it's a voice they should be bringing back for one of these characters, or that yeah. should just be how the teacher sounds. I'm here for yeah, it. Yeah, I want Ooh. someone to sound like that in one of their arcs now. <laughs> I don't know who, but... <laughs> That's how the cat's going to sound next time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, please. <laughs> that or can he be a country lawyer? Huh? <laughs> now, I may just be a simple kitty, but... <laughs> I may phase in and out of existence. <laughs> I may not be able to handle six inches of fish jerky, <laughs> but... I can take three. That sounds like a terrible euphemism. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> you guys. Stop it. All right. Well, then, (laughs) I think that leads us to our polls. Okay. So last time we asked what tune Jackal was crooning on the balcony, and you know the answer was Toxic by Britney Spears. (laughs) Thank you, Britney Nation, for coming to my aid, as always. Appreciate it. We have to put that on an unrelated poll sometime and see if it still wins. Mm, Love this idea. (laughs) Maybe it'll be on this week's. Which brings us to the question we asked you earlier, and we're standing by. We want to know, how do you cut your party pizza? We'll have that poll up over on our Twitter, at Romancing Zone. We'll meet everybody, and hopefully a little cat back here, in two weeks. Till then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and thank you for joining us. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. And we've been Romancing the Zone.